Hello, Hi Rock. Welcome to our daily devotional. We're coming to the end of our walk through the book of Isaiah today in uh, chapter 60. It's going to lead us into our Advent uh, season, and we are in chapter 60, sorted verses, where we read this. Arise, Jerusalem. Let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see your radiance. Look and see, for everyone is coming home. Your sons are coming from distant lands. Your little daughters will be carried home. Your eyes will shine and your heart will thrill with joy. For merchants from around the world will come to you. They will bring you the wealth of many lands. Though you were once despised and hated, with no one traveling through you, I will make you beautiful forever a joy to all generations. Powerful kings and mighty nations will satisfy your every need as though you were a child nursing at the breast of a queen. You will know at last that I, the Lord, am your Savior and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. Violence will disappear from your land. The desolation and destruction of war will end. Salvation will surround you like city walls and praise will be on the lips of all who enter there. No longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night. For the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set, your moon will not go down. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, your days of mourning will come to an end. All your people will be righteous. They will possess their land forever, for I will plant them there with my own hands in order to bring myself glory. The smallest family will become a thousand people, and the tiniest group will become a mighty nation. At the right time, I, the Lord, will make it happen. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This passage, I think, is very appropriate for Advent Advent for a number of reasons, um, but especially because it comes at a time of great darkness. Um, you know, at this point in the story, the people are beginning to return to Jerusalem, uh, but, you know, from Babylon, but it's still, you know, Jerusalem's still in a devastated state that you can read about in uh, in Nehemiah, for instance. And some people are returning, but most of the people are kind of taking their time. It's, you know, after all, it's not an easy journey. Uh, in Ezra, we read that Ezra took four months in order to make this 900-mile journey. You know, there's no movers that you can hide. There's no paved highways. This is a really difficult journey to make, especially with your entire family or your entire community. And so this is a time of darkness. In fact, uh, God said it's not just dark in Israel and dark in Jerusalem, but it's dark in the whole world. Uh, Right from the beginning, it says, Arise, Jerusalem, let your light shine for all to see, for the glory of the Lord rises to shine on you. Darkness as black as night covers all the nations of the earth, but the glory of the Lord rises and appears over you. And as the glory of the Lord appears in Israel, it's going to be like this light that beckons to the entire world. Verse three, all nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will see your radiance um, and everyone will come home. Your sons will come from distant lands. Your daughters will be carried home. Uh, As I consider this image, I think about like when I go backpacking or or camping, the darkness, especially away from the lights of the the urban environment uh, or even just the suburban environment out in the woods, the darkness is so deep that any light, no matter how faint and no matter how small, it becomes like this beacon that your eyes fixate upon. 
uh, in the midst of the darkness, there's all the more reason to celebrate the light. It could be just like a campfire. It could be the moon. It could be a firefly. It could be someone's, you know, headlamp in the distance as they're moving about their camp. Just whatever light is there, your eyes are naturally drawn to the drawn to it. And the darkness light just sucks you in. And, and that's what God says about their darkness here, that yes, God admits it is dark. It's in fact, the darkness covers the whole earth. Things don't look good, but that's all the more reason to celebrate the light that does come upon you. He says that light that God brings um, is going to be like a light that just shines out in the darkness and people will see. And I, again, I think this is such an appropriate time, uh, appropriate passage to transition into Advent. You know, this holiday, especially with Christmas, this holiday that takes place at the darkest time of year, you know, for us to celebrate the light that enters into our darkness. And, you know, even after 2000 years, this light, Jesus, is is still something we cannot help but fixate on. Even atheists find themselves having to talk about Jesus. Now, this light is clearly the light of God, and it shines uh, over Palestine, and it will shine over all. Uh, it says, you know, though you were once despised and hated, in verse 15, with no one traveling through you, I will make you beautiful forever. Um, and he says that you will know at last that I, the Lord, am your Savior and Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. Now, of course, we're waiting for the ultimate fulfillment of this hope. Yes, Jesus has come, but not everything has been fulfilled yet. Uh, and th even this passage here admits that not everything is fulfilled right away. In verse 18, violence will disappear from your land. The desolation and destruction of the war will end. It's not yet. It will happen. Uh, and a quick glance at just your news feed should reveal very quickly that we are not there yet. Um, violence has certainly not disappeared from the land. In fact, we're at a point right now where we celebrate even a day of a single day of ceasefire. That's the point we're at right now. But sometimes it is dark before the dawn. But it says one day in verse 20, your sun will never set, your moon will not go down, for the Lord will be your everlasting light. Your days of mourning, your days of darkness will come to an end. I, I think this is such a wonderful reminder of God's promises that have been fulfilled in the past and the hope we have for the future, that the light of God is going to shine in our darkness. Dave, I'm wondering what you see in today's passage. Well, you're right. This is a perfect place to really end the, the, the book of Isaiah because the book of Isaiah doesn't end here, right? This is verse, uh, or excuse me, book uh, chapter 60, um, but there's 66 chapters. Uh, but I actually think this really sets the tone, you know, for the rest of it. Uh, the rest of a lot of it is just this kind of, it's, it's a laying out of God's promises. Here's what I'm going to do for these people. Here's what I'm going to do for these people. Here's what I'm going to do in this situation. And, and there is this sense of hope, real hope. But you're right. It's in this time of despair. And, and you know, we talk every year and we're going to talk about it again. Right? It's not a coincidence that we celebrate Christmas on December 25th. And it's not because anybody really thinks that's when Jesus was born. Right. No one has ever thought that. That has never been the, the I mean, no educated person has ever thought that. Uh, th that is not why the church chose to celebrate Christmas that day. It's because the darkest day of the year is December 22, right? And, and so it's actually, the whole point is, is that Jesus meets us in our darkest moments, that God's salvation, we'll, we'll see it when it's at its darkest. Uh, and so, so many of the themes of Advent, as you point out, are about darkness and light just like in this chapter, and in that it, there's, I think there's this thing about darkness that makes us feel afraid. It makes us also feel hopeless. I can't see a way forward or a way out, right? That, I mean, the, when you're really, really, really in the dark, and, you know, nowadays in modern cities, it's hard to experience this kind of darkness, but as you say, camping, there's 
other instances where you can actually get it so it's pitch black and you cannot see your own hand in front of your face. And it's scary. It's you know disorienting. And of course, these people would have experienced that kind of darkness a lot, right? They, they didn't have, you know, urban lights and whatever. And so I think that uh, that, that sense of, of God appearing in the darkness and that that the darkness is not a time for despair. It's a time for, for hope and for discovery. Uh, and, and I think that, you know, that that is what God is going to do. And so this can be the story of Advent is God meeting us in our darkness. You know, I, I'm, I'm interested that you talked about how that in Jesus, all of this is partially fulfilled, but, but it's uh, not yet. You're right. There's, there's still more to come. Um, and so much of this promise that God makes actually reminds me, verse 19, no longer will you need the sun to shine by day, nor the moon to give its light by night, for the Lord your God will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. And, you know, so therefore your sun will never set, right? God's going to be there all the time. And and it reminds me of, it's Revelation 21, right? Where it's the same thing, it's it's trying to describe the, the eternal city. It's trying to describe the kingdom of God, right? When it's now fully here on earth, but it says that God himself will be the sun, that God will give luminescence to everything that there just there won't be any more darkness once you can start to find the threads you can start to see this tapestry that is you know woven from end to end right these promises that keep on getting touched on i i think of uh, uh you know matthew 5 right the beginning of the, the sermon on the mount where jesus is talking about you know therefore let your light so shine before people right that they would see your good deeds and and give praise to your father in heaven and uh, and I think again, that's that's picking up on this same. Um, I mean, it's, it's clearly a, a reference to this passage, uh, but all of this promise, which seems so disjointed the first time you read it through, and this is why I think the best way to understand the Bible is to read more of the Bible. And the more you read the New Testament, the more you're going to understand the Old Testament. The more you read the Old Testament, the more you're going to understand the New Testament. The more you read the Gospels, the more you're going to understand the Epistles, and vice versa, because it's all of it is actually woven together and and. There's ways that you can't see a lot of it until you've seen the rest of it. And now it gives you the eyes to see. So it's just a, a kind of, I don't know. I, I just I just think scripture is amazing and I'm glad we get mm -hmm. to study it. Um, but anyway, I, I really do, uh, I think maybe the, the right place to, to end this study, this whole thing about Isaiah has been these people going through a very dark time and it's, we've been able to see the long arc of God's deliverance. I think so oftentimes when we're in a dark time, we want a quick solution now, right? Kind of a microwave miracle. And, and so, hey, God, give it to me now and, and make it quick. And I need help now. And, and yet the way that God rescues these people who are in darkness is actually to allow them to experience the full weight of their sin so that they hate their sin. They can see it. They can hate it. And then truly they're delivered from it. God's not just changing their circumstance. God's changing their hearts. And I, I can think so many of us are in moments where we've got some circumstance in our lives that we don't want God to change. And we want the microwave miracle, God, just fix it now. Give me relief. But what God is wanting to do is give you repentance, right? And it's redemption. God's going to change you. And I think the book of Isaiah is God doing that with this entire nation but that's why it's so important that we end on, on this note that, you know, the God chooses to end on this note that the, the, the final, the ending is not sort of uh, heaviness and, and difficulty and, 
and, and kind of grinding it out. No, the, the, the ending is this glorious response from God that's much more than we could achieve with our own repentance, right? That, that God is actually going to, to show up and give us life. And that's the promise that really that we see in Isaiah, that if we just read one verse or one chapter at a time, we might miss. But the whole arc is, this is what God's salvation looks like. And friends, in my own life and in your lives, this is what God's salvation is going to look like. It's going to be that kind of darkness that can feel so profound and so debilitating and so hopeless because God is more interested in changing us than just changing our circumstances. But if you're going through a hard time right now, instead of having that sense, oh, God's given up on me, I, I want you to just be open to the possibility that it's the opposite, that you've given up on you. You've given up on the possibility of your own changing. You've given up on the possibility of growth and that God has not given up on you, that God refuses to give up on you, and that God is going to use this circumstance to do a whole lot more than you even have the... the the, the kind of the ability to, to imagine yet because God wants to save you because God loves you so much. You are too precious for God to let you stay stuck the way you are. He hates the things that we're doing to ourselves that are, are hurting us and God wants to heal. And so anyway, to me, that's the real, that's the good news of Isaiah. Hmm. It's like so many times I, I think about it in my own life, but as we read the uh, Israel story in the book of Isaiah, it's like you you think you've hit rock bottom, but you realize no, there's still there's still further down to go. And it's not until they reach this point that maybe they're finally now ready uh, to see the light. They're they're in a place that's so dark that they can finally see the light and begin to turn around. Uh, that's yeah. the hope for for all of us. So well, anyway, let me to, let me uh, pray for us as we think about the light that comes into our darkness. Our good and gracious God, we thank you so much for your loving kindness, your faithfulness, and your patience with us. We thank you that you love us as we are, but love us too much to leave us as we are. We thank you for the hope that you give us, especially in Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. Friends, we're so glad you joined us in this journey through Isaiah. I hope it was an encouragement to you. I hope it was a challenge to you. I hope you just learned a lot and grew and, and that God is transforming you through it and giving you hope. And I hope that you'll join us again on Monday as we pick up now with these readings for Advent on our way to the, the entrance of God into our world, our dimension, our lives. And so we've got more good news to share. I hope you'll be with us on Monday.